The Free for All Roundtable. Round two. On round two, uh, Sunair Chaudhry is here, employment lawyer at Workley Law. Robert Benzi is the Queen's Park Bureau Chief at the Toronto Star. And Richard Krause, host of the podcast Last Call with Richard Krause. Also to be mentioned live in studio. It's like having Jacob Marley drop in. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm used to being alone here. I, I am the, the ghost of Valentine's present to come, <laughs> to come visit with you. Is this the future that life? will be or the future I can change? All right. Uh, let's start with uh, John Tory. Um, I think the the front page headline on the Toronto Sun today is the never-ending Tory, because he is staying on, at the very least, until tomorrow, perhaps for 10 days after tomorrow. Uh, let me start with uh, Robert Benzie. And Robert Benzie, I wouldn't say there's any jeopardy or risk to this, but I did like that one reporter did ask yesterday from CTV, listen, if you are not legitimately supposed to be the mayor anymore, then how can you go ahead with the budget? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but by law, John, under the Strong Mayors Act that uh, came into effect in September um, and that John Tory benefits from as the first strong mayor in the history of Toronto, um, the, the budget has to be introduced by the mayor. And there's no provision in this new legislation for an interim mayor or deputy mayor or anyone else to introduce the budget. So that's the the legal part of it but there's also the other aspect that i'm not sure he really wants to leave i I've, I've been hearing from allies of his uh, as i know you have john as well uh, who people who are trying to convince him to stay and i think uh i, I mean it's hard to unresign but you know, I've learned long ago not to say never in uh, in politics because never say never. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, he could sort of Charles de Gaulle say, "I've heard you, I've heard you." Um, I mean, Richard, <laughs> it's it's true. I know for a fact there's a poll going around right mm-hmm. now. Probably the results will be out tomorrow morning, maybe even later today, asking people if they think that he can stay. Yeah, and everyone that I've spoken to, by and large, 90% of the people that I've spoken to have said, I wish he would stay. I'd like him to stay. There's a a comforting presence or something that he brings in a city that is ripe with unease and there's violence and and terrible things happening. And to have this, you know, uh, instability at the the top of the food chain at, at City Hall, I don't think is making people feel any more comfortable. People that I've been talking to is like, well, who's next who will be the next mayor there's in 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 a world filled with uncertainty now there's one more thing Uh, who's going to be dealing with our money and all that kind of stuff uh who's it going to be and it just leads to i think more unease and more uncertainty and we certainly don't need any more of that senora chaudhry i've been looking at uh, live video day to day now of john tory simply sitting at his desk working drinking from a paper cup and it's like the last days of nixon i saw these these (laughs) videos I, i saw these videos yesterday on, on CB24 was running them, and it was like from outside in peering in as he was doing paperwork and drinking coffee. And I thought, this is something you'd see in the, the Watergate era. Okay, so Sinera, does he turn it around? Does he? I, I don't think he can be convinced to turn it around. I think any strategist could easily have, you know, arrange for him to stay in power. I just don't think it's part of his character. I don't know if it's a character move. I'm sure that's part of it. I'm sure the the, the family component is a big piece. But he abruptly resigned uh, on Friday evening, and that raises some questions and maybe, maybe even some red flags. We know that Mayor Tory said he brought in the integrity commissioner or said he's working with the integrity commissioner. And I, I think there's a question there whether or not he brought in the integrity commissioner to 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 confirm and to sort of re-vet him and 
that there was no conflict here, um, or that he was tapped by the integrity commissioner, and, and that's what led to the resignation. I think the point is, is that we don't really know right now, anyway, what led to an abrupt resignation. You know, even right before this budget, really, there's no timeliness or strategy to it. It seemed like it was an emergency move, which suggests to me that you know maybe there's there's something else behind this uh, other than this one incident. Okay, and without dwelling on the topic for too long, Robert Benzi, I think you can shed some light because I've read some really interesting accounts of how this all uh, accelerated and how it might have led, as Sunira said, to this very abrupt decision on Friday night. But I think it was a bit like the trash compactor in Star Wars. I mean, everything had been closing in on him for two months. Yes, and this is a, a story that my colleagues at the Toronto Star City Hall Bureau, led by our Bureau Chief uh, David Ryder, have been working on for many weeks. Um, and I, I believe that Mr. Tory was first notified of the star working on this on February 2nd. So we're looking at almost two weeks ago. Um, and so and then I guess more formal questions were presented to him last week. And he took some took his time because, you know, the mayor is a methodical guy. We, we've all covered him for a long time. And he's not really someone who does something rash. I think to Sanira's point, it, it, the, the suddenness of Friday night surprised everybody. Um, and when we, I first heard on Thursday that, that this was a possibility, I I was very surprised that, that that's how, that's where it was going to end up. So I think I, 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 again, there there are so many wild factors that we don't really know or haven't been made public yet that I think that it's still, it's still really, really hard to figure out what just happened. And I, and I do think though, I mean, he, it may not be in his character to, to unresign, but I do think that there are a lot of people whispering in his ear and it's hard not to hear those things. You know, a lot of people are saying this isn't Victorian England, you know, that you, people's marriages break up all the time or, or their transgressions all the time. It's, you know, it's not the olden days. Okay, let's move to the Russian ambassador to Canada declaring Canada a dangerous country and apparently we're intolerant toward Russians. Gee, Sunira, I wonder why Russians visiting Canada might not be getting hugs. Yeah, and I don't know that this is a story that many Canadians are really, I mean, going to care about, but um, we're seeing claims here of um, a consulate not being uh, opened in Vancouver. I mean, various sort of complaints. I don't, uh, as a Canadian, I don't know that uh, I'm really concerned um, about the statement whatsoever. To me, it's a bit of a nothing burger. Yeah, I mean, Richard Krauss would be sort of like von Ribbentrop saying that London ain't fun anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't have a better line than that uh, to sum up uh, my feelings about the story. I I agree with Sonera. I think this is kind of, for most people, a a big zero. Robert Benzi, your thoughts? I keep wondering, I don't know if you've actually met him, but uh, the consul general to Toronto, I just don't know how he makes his way to and from the office every day without people yelling at him in the streets. Well, exactly. And, you know, I mean, it's far more dangerous to be Ukrainian in Ukraine, uh, thanks to Russia's illegal invasion, than it is to be a Russian tourist in, in Canada. So I think that uh, th- they should give themselves pause. I mean, it's, 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 you know, Sunir's right. It, this is a nothing burger. But it, it is something that they can talk about and say, look, see, we're the victims. And this is 
John, this seems to be like the theme of our times. It's like everyone is a victim. Everything's bad. Even even the villains are set, turning around saying, look, I've been victimized because I'm a villain. It's just awful. <laughs> I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Uh, <laughs> temp agency fees are eating up more and more government funds. And this story comes on the heels, it's in the star, I'll add, of the provinces agreeing to the new offer from the federal government. But this is an outstanding issue, and I'm not sure how we can necessarily deal with it. And I'll start with you again, uh, Robert Benzie. Um, one of the problems seems to be that uh, nurses get siphoned out of the public system yep. and then they get sold back to the public system at a, a premium and there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, honestly, we'd probably have to ban the practice and that wouldn't stand up on the court. Well, yeah, and I don't think you can ban the practice because people, I mean, people have a right to try to work in different ways. Um, I think, I mean, I know someone on, on, on some parts of the political spectrum would say that the answer is to pay nurses more to stay in the public system, give them better health, uh, better uh, benefits and, and pensions, and then they, they won't be uh, drawn away by these higher salaries that they get at the temp agencies, but they don't get benefits. So it's a, it's a very, very tough issue, John, and I don't really know what the right answer is. I, I don't think banning it is the right answer, but I do think think that you can make it so that it's more attractive for nurses to remain in the public system. And and and, and that's something that the nurses themselves have, have long been asking for. It's one of the reasons why Bill 124, which capped their salary increases at 1%, was such a huge uh, controversy at Queen's Park. Well, in Sonera, it would be, you know, uh, against the charter, I think, as a labor practice to tell nurses whether or not they can go work for, a, 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 you know, an organization. Of course. And, you know, we know uh, that nurses are represented by a very powerful union in this province. And also um, we're talking about the privatization of some uh, health um, care you know, components of our system because of the uh, of the total tax. Uh, overly t taxed um, public system. So, of course, nurses are looking to the private sphere. And I think another component here that um, we may not be considering is how the how the whole vaccination rollout really impacted healthcare workers, frontline people. I mean, there was a lot of burnout. We know that for sure. But there were also a lot of healthcare workers. I think many would be surprised that were on the fence about vaccination. Many were taken out of the workforce, fired by hospitals, fired by um, the nursing homes. Homes and, and what have you that weren't able to really return to to the workplace. So we do have a lot of healthcare workers who are not vaccinated, haven't been able to find their way back into the healthcare system, which is add, adding this additional burden to, uh, you know, um, nursing homes as as we're seeing in the story. Um, Richard, do you still have any Canadian tire money? I have so much Canadian really? tire money. Yep, <laughs> I do. From when we renovated our place, which is now 10 years ago, uh, it was kind of, I burned a path between our place and the Canadian tire on Young Street, and that's still when they gave you the Canadian tire money, which they don't anymore. So I read this story with great interest this morning that this money is all of a sudden worth a whole lot more money, but it's not really. You have to have like the the 50 cent ones from 1958 and yeah. so you know and I don't have any of those I've got a lot of like 10 cent dollar Canadian dollar bills see I have to think uh, you know Robert Benzie this means that there are people online trading Canadian tire money with each other and it's more valuable uh, than cryptocurrency right now yeah, exactly. <laughs> Richard, hedge against Richard's inflation right. <laughs> Richard's right it's better than Bitcoin well John I remember when I was at Western University in London Ontario there was a restaurant called Joe Cools on yeah. Richmond Street still there and they used to take uh, Canadian tire money 
uh, you could buy your beer and your nachos with uh, with Canadian Tire money. Not that any of us ever had enough Canadian Tire money to actually do that, but I always thought that was the kind of interesting, like how you had a, a, a kind of a, a, a sub currency within Canada. And I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't go to Canadian Tire very much. Uh, it's just not convenient for where I live. I've got home hardware is closer, but I, I I I have a great deal of affection for Canadian Tire money. I remember my dad always had a a, a, a big stack of it in the uh, in the glove box of the car whenever we went to Canadian Tire. It was like, oh, see if we've got any Canadian Tire money and we'll use it for the for the snow tires or whatever we're buying. Sure. Well, Sonera, I mean, it was genuine currency. It was worth something. If people are going to break into your car to steal quarters, then <laughs> I guess they would have broken into Robert's uh, dad's car to steal the Canadian Tire money. Oh, I kept my Canadian Tire money that... Uh, you know, in my in my little Velcro wallet when I was like seven years old, whenever we were at Canadian Tire, I'd like try to fish out that five or ten cents. So, I mean, I think all of us have a lot of nostalgia as Canadians growing up when it comes to Canadian Tire money and always trying to have it at the right time. And I never had it at the right time, ever. <laughs> Thank you all. Like, back home. <laughs> Good to have you on the show today. Robert Benzi, Sanira Chaudhry, and Richard Kraus. And Nick Mariner, you've decided to transport me back to CJD 800 on a Tuesday afternoon in 1970. All right. Uh, Have a great one. Happy Valentine's, everyone. And keep it right here for Jerry Yeager. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.